next 30, 40 minutes, I plan on just asking God to bless us through the word. Amen? Are you ready this morning? Here we go. Come on, say somebody say, here we go. All right, let's get into the word this morning. I, uh, I believe that God's going to speak to your heart today. And uh, this, this message was kind of birthed out of something that happened funny at my house. Um, so my wife is out of town. She is in Columbus right now. She went to visit her mom and her sister. And so uh, her and Drew went down there. And we, my wife is one of those people that I don't know what it is. And there's other, others of you like this room. I, I have this thing. I feel like when she prays, things happened. Come on, somebody. Amen. She prays. I mean, she's done this before. She's asked God for things. And it just happened. Uh, in, in December, I, I had no idea we were going to Israel. None. I cannot afford that. She said, honey, I'm going to just pray that God's going to bless us with a trip to Israel. She, I said, go for it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm all with you. But, you know, how many know sometimes the flesh, I started thinking like, yeah, that probably won't, you know, come on. And once you know, about a week later, someone, we found out that someone said, you have a, a trip to Israel all paid for. Like, thank you, Jesus. Well, recently, my wife decided to pray for another dog. I <laughs> wasn't as thrilled about a dog as I was Israel. But I agreed. I said, hey, babe, that's what you want to pray for? Pray for the dog, okay? But I'm, I, I was actually praying against that prayer, <laughs> which is kind of uh, counterproductive. And so she prayed. And apparently God loves her. No, he doesn't. I'm just kidding. She got her prayer, and about two or three days later, we got a phone call. And someone said, hey, we have a, a Yorkie that we have rescued. We know that you love Yorkies, and we had a, I thought that you might want it. And of course, Heather was like, thank you, Jesus. She texted me. She's like, hey, babe, that's my name around the house, right? Babe can mean good or bad, right? You know, but she's like, hey, would it, would it be okay if we got a Yorkie? And, I, and I, my text back was, really? Question mark? Exclamation point? Question mark? And she's like, yeah, I already have it. So, <laughs> it was already on her lap, you know, and, and here at the house. So I didn't really have a, a voice in that. But this little thing, this little Yorkie, it's supposed to weigh like five pounds. It weighs two and a half. It's almost two years old. It's a teeny malnutrition that came to our house. Uh, we found out that the owners have been feeding it gummy bears. Gummy bears and things like that, right? So we had this little cute dog, and that's all great. This dog follows my wife wherever she goes. I mean, it doesn't matter. That dog just follows her. Well, my wife's out of town. So now the dog's left with me. And we have a convenient cage, but I decided to be nice and not put the dog in his cage too much. And so my wife's out of town. So this week, it's funny because as she's out of town, I'm thinking like, I got two dogs I got to take care of. My kids are all grown up. Hallelujah. I mean, they're older. They're, they're independent. I've been through that stage. But now we decided to give ourselves a dog who's not potty trained. Come on, somebody. You ever sit there like, no more pets. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you have another pet. And so... The other night, praise God, how do you know if you've ever had a, a, a baby or a, 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 a small animal, especially a puppy, and they, they tend to like to wake up at 4 in the morning. And so here I am, house is quiet, and I, and I almost forget that we have another dog in the house who's not potty trained, who likes to leave Tootsie Rolls all over the house. 
and not the edible kind. And I wake up to the sound of dogs barking. And, and so how many know there's that moment when, you, when you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you sit there and you contemplate? You ever do that? You're laying in bed and you know there might be somebody in the house. I probably should get up and check it out. But I don't know if I want to get out of bed. Anybody else want to be honest today? And you seriously kind of, you start thinking like maybe I'll just let them have the TV because I don't want to get out of this nice comfortable bed at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I'm laying in bed. And, and the dogs are barking, and I'm just thinking in my head, in the name of Jesus, you know, just like, <laughs> shut those mouths. And I was thinking, like, do I just turn on the TV real loud and just block it out, but I can wake up, there's going to be stuff all over the floors. So I was like, God, I don't want to do this. I don't know if I even had that deep of a conversation. I was just like, I don't want to do this. But I was forced to do something, right? Because why? Because those dogs needed me at that moment. <laughs> there are things in our life that maybe God asks us to do that we don't want to do, but how many know God will ask us to do some things sometimes that are hard? Because why? We have a culture that needs the church more than ever before. And they need us to get up, even though we're comfortable, even though we found a, a nice place. And sometimes the noise is a little bit loud. Sometimes there's a lot of chatter. But the world needs us to get up and do something and help them out. Amen? And so that's how this message was birthed. This is actually a part two of, of what we talked about. But I'm going to give you the appetizer today. I want to cut wet your appetite, hopefully, and then we'll get into the, the bulk of the message next week uh, when we have a little more time. But we're going to go Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 is where, where we will begin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great day you've given us. We thank you for the word of God that is before us. And God, we thank you for, for speaking to us today. Lord, I pray that we would hear from you today, God, that we would be willing to get up. We would be willing to, to be made something, God. And we thank you for this time that we have right now. In Jesus' mighty name and all of the crazy, charismatic, Pentecostal, born-again believers who love Jesus with all their hearts, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. I had two cups of coffee this morning. Let's do this. Hallelujah. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. This is what the Bible says. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now, it's important right here that we start right here. The word of the Lord comes to Jonah, who's the son of Amittai. And the word of the Lord, because Jonah is a prophet, right? We understand. Jonah is a prophet. And, and, and what happens is prophets hear from God. The prophet hears from God. And then they speak the word to the people. So Jonah is the prophet who hears the word, he speaks the word to the people. Now, God has opened up platforms and doors in our life to speak to people, right? Um, God has opened up a door for me this week to go to some meetings and where I'm on a team with oh, it's Open Bible Leaders, and we are literally addressing the reaching Generation Z and the Millennial Generation. And I have good news for you. In spite of all the things, and there's a lot of things we can hear on the news that we don't always like, but in spite of all that, I just read an article yesterday sent by Randall Bach, the president of Open Bible, who's preparing us for these meetings. He said that there has been a sudden uptick in the last three years 
of, of millennials and Generation Z returning back to the church that there are more people from this generation than any of the last few generations that are now saying that God is the most important thing in their life. So and I want to tell you, I want to give you some hope today because how many know there's, there is a divide that is happening? You will see on one side a lot of people who are, who are completely leaving, you know, uh, religion, God, and all those things. But you also have an uptick in people who are saying, enough is enough. I got to stand up for my generation. And I'm proud to say that at this church that we have a great representation of all generations and all ages in this body. Amen? And I love that we have 97-year-olds praying for 15-year-olds, and we have 15-year-olds praying for 70- and 90-year-olds. Amen? But sometimes God will ask us to do something new. God will ask us to, to make a change in our life. And so Jonah, who's this prophet, and, and what, we, what we need to understand is God was speaking to him as a prophet and to speak to the people. And we need to understand that God still speaks today. Amen. God still speaks today. He's still speaking. And, and, and if we make ourselves available to God, he will speak to you. If you ask God for a Yorkie who eats gummy bears, God will make it. Maybe not. Maybe that was just for Heather. God's like, I'll give you a Yorkie because your husband needs to wake up a little bit and show his commitment to the family. I don't know. But. When you take a look at Jonah, so we, that first verse, you take a closer look at Jonah, you'll find that his name, and I have it right here, the name Jonah means dove, okay? The word Jonah means dove. And, and what I find interesting about birds and doves in particular, that they have this sense that when a storm is approaching, they, they run from the storm, and they go in the opposite direction because they want to flee from harm. There's a few birds that actually will fly above the storm, right? Some of the bigger birds will fly above the storm and sail along its, its winds. But a dove in particular will flee from the storm. So Jonah was known as the reluctant prophet. He's a reluctant prophet because he's known as one who runs away from trouble, who runs away from God's call. And what's interesting is his dad's name. So we have Jonah, whose name means dove. His dad's name is Amitai, which means truth. So we have the one who runs away, who's born of the truth. Church, we are all born and being blessed in the presence of God. How many know his word is truth? We are made in the image of God, right? We know what the truth is, but many times we have a tendency to run from the truth. So we find Jonah, the reluctant prophet, who's the son of truth, whose father's name means truth. But Jonah has a problem. He has a problem. Jonah tends to run away. And, and, and a good question for us to ask ourselves this morning, uh, the question is, what are you running away from today, and what should you be running to? Amen. What are you running away from, and what should you be running 
to, things you should be running to. You know, as we approach this final few months of 2019, hard to believe we're going to be hitting 2020 here in, in a few months, but as we approach the end of this year in a little bit, we have to ask ourselves, what changes have I made this year to run towards God? Because we're real good at making all these declarations and all these promises at the start of a year. But how about we evaluate ourselves throughout the midst of the year to ask ourselves, what changes have I made in my life, amen, come on, to, to, to follow or to pursue God? What things am I running away from or maybe what things am I running to? These are real good questions. Jonah's name means dove. He's reluctant. And I have a feeling there's a little bit of Jonah in all of us. Amen? I believe that we all have times in our life where we run away from situations. When, when we know we should witness to that person, when we know we should pray for that person, when we know we should give to something, when we know we need to stop doing this thing or that thing, I believe that there are times in our life when God clearly asks us to do something, but maybe we, we are also reluctant. So is it true, can I make a case that we probably all have a little bit of Jonah in us? A little bit? But I love Jonah because he's a, he's a comeback story. And as we read these, these next few scriptures, I might just do one or two here today. But I pray that you'll hear the Lord clearly say, don't run in that direction any longer. Jonah chapter 1, verse 2. So the first verse just talks about his name. Verse 2. Amen. And this, this is called Bible study. Amen. Welcome to Harvest Land Church Bible study. Amen. Let's do this. Verse 2. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. The very first thing that we discover in the book of Jonah, and it will help us in 2019, is like I said, that God doesn't always tell you to do things you like. God does not always tell you to do things you like. Flashback to 1993. Actually, 1994. I take that back. 1994, I was not pursuing ministry, church. I was not against it. I grew up in it. I knew a lot about it. But it was not what I wanted to do. I had a lot of other ideas in mind. But 1994, a, a pastor by the name of Scott Lelisher, who him and his wife pastored actually um, Troy Zion a number of years ago. They're now in Washington State. But I was at Blizzard. If you go to Elevate, it was actually called Blizzard, and it was really cool. <laughs> it was named after a snowstorm. But... <laughs> I, I was at Blizzard as a counselor only. God, I, how many know, I thought I was being very obedient by saying yes to be a counselor. God, I will be a counselor. How many know sometimes God sets you up? He puts you in places and positions where he knows if I can just get you there, I'm going to speak a word into your life that will change the directory, the trajectory of your entire life. And so... I was there at conference, and I remember I was there with New Life Church in Petersburg, Michigan, and, 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 and Heather was there, and I was just helping out the youth group. 
and, we're, and some of you might have heard this story before, but I'm sitting in the room. There's probably 400 young people, another 50 or 60, maybe more leaders. And, and, and I was there, and, and out of anybody, have you ever been in a service where there's a prophet and he starts giving prophetic words? I'm thinking, like, don't make eye contact with the man of God because if I look at him, he's going to give me a, come on. You know, how many know you can't ignore when God has a word for you? But I was trying everything to kind of look around like I'm checking on the kids, you know, and because and, I knew, I knew in my heart that God was calling me to something greater than what I was living. But I wasn't ready to receive that information yet. I don't know if I could, maybe maybe because I, I knew that God would tell me something that I possibly didn't want to hear or I didn't like. I wanted God to say, listen, somebody's going to walk up to you tomorrow and give you $100 million. Come on. I was like, God, I'm ready to receive that. I'm ready. To, I mean, we always want the good news from God. Sometimes God will ask us to do things or to stop things or to give up things or to pursue new things. But I don't want to hear that. And the speaker literally stopped at the end of his message. He looked right at me. I was like, uh-oh, here we go. I've been in these services before. He's going to point out all my sin. <laughs> but he's like, young man. And I remember, he's like, you're not, you're not, you're not a teenager. And I was like 20, 20 years old, 21 years old. He's like, literally what he said, you're running from God. You need to go to Bible college. And that's all he said. And I took those words as God literally telling me, right now is your opportunity. He had me at a crossroad church. He had, how many know in our life there are those moments when God will clearly say, you need to do this or the consequence will be unfavorable. And so I knew at that moment I did not want to hear this. I did not want to pay for a trip because at that time there was no in-stay. We had to go to Eugene, Oregon to go to Bible college. I had to rent a minivan. Devin was like two and a half, almost three. Um, it was just a long trip, and I did not want to go. But I did it. And I'm, I'm so thankful that this day. Now, my life has had a lot of ups and downs. But if I would have not responded to God, who knows where I would be today? But how many know God will ask us sometimes to do things that we don't want to do? Amen? But it's in those things that we grow. It's in those responses where we grow. And it's not saying, God, I want to do this, but it's saying, God, I am willing to. Say that with me. I'm willing to do this. God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go out and do that ministry. I don't want to serve. I don't want to give. But there's an act of obedience and there's an act of growth when we say, God, but I am willing to do what you asked me to do. Come on, somebody. Amen. I don't want to pray for an hour. But, God, I'm willing to do this if this means that it will shift my family and bring people back to Jesus Christ. God, I don't want to give up that, that Starbucks coffee every day, but God might say, I want you to give it up for a month and use that money, that $5 you spend on that caramel macchiato tall or grande or venti if you're really rich. And, and, and all the Starbucks people say amen because you know what I'm talking about. I have a tendency to find myself at Starbucks drive-thru from time to time. And, and, but God might say, I want you for a month to give that up and give all that money right now to a missionary. How many know God will bring a blessing into your life maybe far greater than you ever realized? See, because sometimes we put things we want on God. So people might say, I don't like the sound of that. The truth is that when you're going to embrace 
this, this concept. Embrace this concept of saying, God, I'm willing. When God speaks to you, it's not always going to be something that you like or want to do. So back to Jonah. I think sometimes Jonah gets, he gets a bad rap in church, right? Jonah's like that go-to story. You know, remember when we were kids, if you were in Sunday school, how many remember felt boards? Yeah, we had the felt board teachers, right? And, 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 and they would teach on a felt board and put up the stories. I did that. That was my bad. Of Jonah on the board, and they would always kind of say, here's Jonah. He didn't listen to God, and he got swallowed by a whale, and he, he, his friends kind of threw him over. I mean, we always had this story. Jonah has a bad rap. But let's put ourselves in his shoes. <laughs> and let's, let's, let's think about, listen, listen to this, church. There's a little bit of, of Jonah in all of us. Um, we have to understand that Jonah probably had a legitimate reason why he did not want to go to Nineveh. Right? I, I don't think it was just kind of like, God, I don't really want to go. They're not my kind of people, and I'm real busy right now. No, I think it was like, God, these people are barbaric. Remember, Jonah was a prophet to Israel. So God's asking him to go to the Assyrians. The Assyrians were barbarians, church. I mean, if you read some of the stuff that they did, it will shock you. Some of the things that they would do to their enemies were horrific. God said, Jonah, I want you to go to the barbarians, and I want you to preach this city and tell them that they need to turn from their wicked ways and turn to God. How many think Jonah had a little bit of a reason to say, no, ask somebody else? I mean, put yourself in those shoes. Here's what the Assyrians would do to people. They would go into cities and literally murder almost everybody in the city, and then they would spare a few people. And they would bury them in the dirt or in the sand all the way up to, their, up to their chin. And they would leave them there to die. They would also cut the heads off of all the men. And they would build pyramids out of their heads so that other, yes, so that other communities would see. They would come in and see that the, the Assyrians are no people to mess with. That's what God's at. How many think Jonah now, man, maybe he was kind of a little bit like what I would do. Like, I don't know if I want to go there. I mean, how many know sometimes we get a little bit anxious if God asks us to witness to the waitress at the royal diner? I don't think, God, that's not for me. That's for, ask Pastor Pete to do that. Or, you know, ask someone else to do it. Or, I have the prayer truck. To, how many know sometimes with God, and so we have to be able to say, God, I don't want to do this, but I'm willing. Church, the question today is, are you willing to do what God asked you to do? He might ask you to do something that's tough or painful. Listen, I've talked to a lot of people who have, who have gone through some serious struggles, maybe some, some addictions or some tendencies, and they say it's hard. I, it's hard to do this. It's not maybe something that you don't even want to do because you know it's going to be hard, but you have to say, I'm willing to do it. Maybe there's a relationship in your family, and there's somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time. You're like, I don't want to talk to this person. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to expose myself. I don't want to be transparent. But you say, God, I'm willing to do that if this means something's going to change in their life and my life. Amen? Come on, we have to be people of God. The world needs the church to be willing to reach them. We have to say, God, I am willing to go into the places that maybe... 
Some people won't go. I'm willing to make friends with that neighbor that has a different lifestyle. I'm willing to reach out to the hurt, to lost and broken. I'm willing to do it. Now, listen, I can say, God, I- I'm willing to witness to the people at the golf course. Now, how many know that's my people? That's the people I could, I could talk with them real easily. I could go there and I could talk about golf and I could bring up Jesus. Come on. And so I said, God, this is what I can do. But God might say to me, no, 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 I want you to go into the heart of Detroit City and talk to the people who don't look like you, talk like you, act like you. We have to say, God, I'm willing. Amen? Are you receiving it this morning? Jonah, a prophet to Israel. This is about the time, 790 to 750 B.C. He's a prophet. And during this frame, Israel is Assyria's greatest enemy. And I talked about the Assyrians. So Jonah gets this word from God, and he's like, I don't want to go. And we know the story. He takes off in the opposite direction. He goes, the, he buys a ticket. He's intentional. He's intentionally buying a ticket to do something opposite of what God wants. Have you ever found yourself in a position, and you're like, honestly, church, come on. I, I don't even know how I got in this position. It just something happened unintentionally, right? But there are times in our life when we intentionally make decisions based on information that we know would not be pleasing to God. We intentionally do things that we know are not right in God's eyes. That to me right there is trouble. And so God has a way of bringing us back. Bringing us, so God invites Jonah on this mission. Jonah decides, ha, I don't like this mission. Can we, can we spin again? Can you give me a new mission? How many know? God has put you in this church. God has put you in your family. Come on. You might not like everyone in your family. I hope you like everybody in your family and in this church. But God put you in that place of employment right now. God put you in school. God put you in that place. And guess what? That is the mission that he put you in. Amen? And you might not like it. But God says, I put you there for a reason. In this point of Joseph, jo- so Jonah sees the people as his enemy. He see, and he and he, he he's called to go serve his enemy. Does that sound familiar to anyone else? Jesus came to serve. And here's what I want you to catch today: as as we as a culture move further away from the things of God. There was just a legislation passed in Canada just this week. Uh, uh, just a bad uh, 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 legislation was passed against this college. Uh, where they were teaching about the Bible and they were teaching on, on a homosexual lifestyle. And the state came in and said, you are not allowed to do that anymore. So the state kind of took over their rights to preach the gospel. Come on. I mean, we live in a culture right now that, that we're not talking about the people. We're talking about the legislation. Amen. That we have a culture that, that needs the church to be the church. Amen? We can't sit in our comfy seats and expect they're all going to come into our church and say, Oh, I need what you have. Give, it, give me some of this Jesus stuff. God is saying, I need the church to go out and love the people. Love the lost. Show them the love of Jesus. Amen? And even if you don't want to, we need to be saying, God, I am willing to do that. I'm willing to go those places. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to, to get down and, and do the dirty work. I'm, I'm willing to do what you ask me to do. Because there's some things that God wants us to run to, like holiness, kindness, 
loving your enemies, serving, witnessing. And there's a lot of things that God wants us to run away from, like sin and lukewarm Christianity, um, things like pornography, things that ruin the temple. Amen? Can't get any more clear than that. God wants us to run from these things. Amen? Are you getting this this morning? Good. All right. Church, we have a culture that needs Jesus, don't we? Think about it. Think about this thought. They took Bibles and prayer out of our schools, didn't they? But do you realize as they take Bibles out of our schools, the jails, the prisons in America are overcrowded and they're begging for Bibles? Do you think that possibly, possibly the problem started when they took the Bibles out of the school? And now after they commit the crime and, and, and people need, you know, the truth. And then now, oh, no, let's give them the Bible now, church. I mean, we have a culture that has a very twisted and, a, and a, just the wrong mindset of, of how to raise our children and how to raise a family. And so we as a church have to say, God, we are willing to make some changes. Parents, moms and dads, I ask you, I implore you to make some changes in your life because your kids watch everything you do. And they watch everything you say. Amen? We have to ask God, what in my life do I need to change? God, as our whole theme is make me into what you want me to be. Not what I want to be. I want to be a, a multimillionaire golf pro who lives in Hawaii. With one Yorkie, not two. <laughs> Heather's not here today, so I have this license to say these things. But, I, I, you know, I have these things that I want. God, I want to be on a lake right now fishing with no bills, no problem. I'm, you know, I'm all set. I, I have uh, everything I ever could want right there. But that's not the season God has me in. That's not the season God has you in. And he might never put you in everything that you want. Because we have a mindset of what I want from God instead of, God, what do you want from me? And we need to turn our thinking around and say, God, what do you want from me. Make me who you want me to be. Church, we have this culture, this mission. And this mission that God's going to ask you to go on, it will, require, it will require you to trust in him. Church, it will require you to get out of your comfort zone. When is the last time you really were out of your comfort zone for Jesus, spiritually speaking? I mean, out of your comfort zone. Like, I'm going to ask someone right now in this church randomly. I want someone right now, I'm going to ask you right now to come up and pray for me. Now, some of you right now will be like, I'm ready to do that. There might be somebody that's not your comfort zone. Uh, I might ask somebody right now, I want you to, I want you to come and, and meet me on Tuesday, and I want you to weed whack all the ditches in front of the church. That would bless me. You don't even know. But you might say, that's not my comfort zone. I might ask you to jump on the prayer truck next Saturday and go somewhere with Chris and Rami and pray for people in Detroit. You say, well, that's not my comfort zone. I like to do this, this, and this. But what if we, instead of saying, God, that's not what I, what I won't do, you'll say, God, I'm willing to do what you asked me to do. Jonah said, God, I won't go. And God still said, I'm going to find a way for you to go. Uh, stop. Let's think about this in the Bible. The question isn't necessarily... What do you want to do? Like I said, it's more about are you willing? Amen? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you ready? Are you ready for what God wants to do in your life? How many believe that God has greater things for you? 
How many, how many really believe that the best days are still ahead? How many believe that still God can save your whole family? How many believe that God can still turn around your finances? God can change your life. God can restore your, 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 your relationships. God can, can heal. How many believe that God still does what he says he's going to do? So the question isn't, God, do you want me to do it? It's, it's, the answer is, uh, I'm willing to do it. You know, because all throughout the Bible we see this. David. Think about David. David's like a 13-year-old boy who had like three armpit hairs and a slingshot. Right? I mean, he knew he was anointed, he was called, but there might have been a moment where he didn't want to go face the giant. But how many know he was willing to go face the giant? There are a lot of great warriors that day who had armor and gear and weapons and training and a lot of more hair than him, <laughs> and, and, and they weren't willing to go. There's a lot of people in our churches today that have a lot more years, they have a lot more Bibles, they have a lot more letters behind their name, but they're not willing to do something that maybe a brand new Christian says, I'm willing to do that. And God is looking for that kind of Christian, amen, who says, God, I'm willing to go. Not look what I have, look what I've achieved, look what I've obtained, look at all the titles and names. God's not interested in what we've done. He's interested in saying, look what I've done in you. David, you know. I, I also think about Daniel. Daniel, oh my goodness. I mean, you think he wanted to go into, into the lion's den? Nice kitty. Oh, nice kitty. I want to be here. No, he was willing to do what it take, took to be there, right? And then with Moses, we know Moses had a lot of excuses. And he's like, I don't want to take this million-plus people across the desert. They complain a lot. They're ungrateful at times. And, and, and I'm not a good speaker. I'm not eloquent with my words. I, I'm not that great of a leader. But he said, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing and now we talk about Moses through the ages, don't we? He's known in every religion, in every language. People know who Moses was, David was, and they know who Jesus was. How many think that Jesus wanted to die a horrible death on the cross? We know that when he was in the garden, and, and, and right there, we understand that he was praying, take this from me. He did not want to carry our sin. He did not want the, the burden and the pain. He was still a human being. He was 100% God and 100% man. He said, I'm willing to go if this means that people can be set free from their sin. Amen? Willing. One more. I thought about Abraham. You know, Abraham, he, the guy is like 100 years old. He's been waiting for this boy. He's been waiting a long time to have a son. Come on. Do you think that he wanted to take his son Isaac? Do you think that he really wanted to take him to an altar and sacrifice his son? No, he's not crazy. He did not want to do that, but he was willing to do it. I want to ask you today, what are you running to and what are you running away from? I pray that you're running away from things that do not please God and you're running to God. I pray that you don't have the opposite thing going on right now where you're running from God, but you're running to the things of this world. Church, we need to run to God and away from those things that can destroy our lives. Can I get an amen at 1126, I have five minutes left. Amen. Don't say amen to that. Well, you can, but. And like Jonah, you might even have a legitimate reason why you don't want to do certain things. 
So what, what a lot of people do is what I like to call, they call I call it delayed obedience. How many of you remember, maybe you had a parent, for like, uh, let's just say it was your mom, because I think that was probably more realistic for most of us. But how many remember, or you've been in a store, and, and there's that mom who's like, I'm going to count to three if you don't obey me. Any parents or anyone in this room ever use that tactic? One, don't make me come there. Two, I'm serious. Two and a half, right? How many know there's that delay? Because as a child, the obedience is delayed. Many times my parents would say, I want you to go right now and go clean your room. Okay. So I walked up the stairs, and guess what I didn't do? I didn't clean my room. And they would say, hey, are you cleaning your room? And I would say, I will get to it real soon. What am I doing? I'm delaying my obedience. I'm saying I will be obedient, but not yet. It's not convenient yet. How many know sometimes in, in church, we make promises to God, God, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to stop doing this. But not quite yet. We delay the obedience. And delayed obedience is still disobedience. Amen? And I believe as, as, as we are moving into this time and this culture shifting, that God is, is asking his church to be obedient, not delayed obedience. God doesn't want you to serve Two years from now, God doesn't want you to start giving when, when, you're, when you hit the lottery. God says, I want you to learn how to do it now when you don't have much. And watch what I can do with a little. Amen? See, if we are obedient with what God has given us, you say, I don't have the talent. I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. But God, I'm willing to do what you asked me to do because I know you're going to make me into something that I can't do for myself. Amen? I want, you to, tell, I want to tell you something. When I was... When I was in high school, especially junior high school, man, when I would speak in class, you know they say the number one fear of people is public speaking? Number one. When I was in junior high school, I would shake my voice. I mean, I was a nervous wreck. I did not enjoy it. What does God do? He asked me to become a, a public speaker. I mean, you know, God has a way of taking the things that we think are our weaknesses and turning them into our greatest strengths. Because, to this day, I still am like, God, I'm dependent on you. I'm not dependent on my talents. I'm not dependent on it. I'm dependent on Jesus. Amen? Make me who you want me to be. Newsflash, when God speaks to you, it won't always be what you like. Amen? All right. We're going to close. If I could have the worship team join me up here. I pray as our church moves forward that we would understand that God is calling us into some new things. I pray that we would understand God is calling us to, to, to move into some new things, to, to get out of our comfort zones, and to not do it, Jonah. Now listen, there's a lot more to this story. Uh, this is the appetizer. We're going to dig, dig deep into this story. But I wanted you just to get this first concept today. His name means dove, likes to run. His father's truth. Many times when God's asking us to do something, our first response might be like, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. We might be a little bit like Jonah. But I pray we would learn to say, God, I'm willing to do what you asked me to do. I'm willing. And if we are obedient to him first, amen, and do the things for the kingdom of God 
first church. If we do that, I know and I believe that this church will experience a great revival. Amen? But we have to be obedient to the kingdom first. Seek first, Matthew 6, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to us as well. Seek first. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. We cannot delay our obedience any longer. I, I, I want you now to be very inward perspective for this moment. And if there's things in your life that you've delayed changing, I'm just not ready yet. I'm just not ready to do this. I'm not ready to serve. I'm not ready to surrender this thing. I'm not. Listen, I pray today. You say, God, I am willing to do whatever you ask me to do. I want to be obedient now, today, this moment. Now, you might say, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how that's going to play out. When God called me in the ministry, I was clueless. I'm like, what's next? Okay, I'll go to Bible college, and then what? Who's going to ever want me? And so I, I, I constantly wrestled with God, like, what's next? I still ask God that all the time, like, what's next for our church? Because we have not reached, I, I do not want to be a church that hits a pinnacle and then just plateaus. Amen? I want to be a church that we just constantly seek God. We constantly search. We are, because we need each other, don't we? Every single one of you in this room is on your journey to you. Your own particular journey has its own set of struggles, its own set of challenges and needs. No, just because somebody has a, apparently a bigger struggle or need doesn't mean that yours is any less. And so as a church, we need to respond when God asks us to do things, to change, to, to make us as a church so that we can help one another out on their journey. Church, how many know these are interesting times that we're living in, aren't they? Let me say that again. These are very interesting times we're living in. People will do just about anything to be accepted. I mean, they'll do just about anything to get attention. And, and I think, you know, um, we have to filter everything to be accepted. We, we, uh, our photo, our photos on social media, they have to have a certain amount of likes or hearts or whatever, and then we feel like we're accepted. So we're looking for our acceptance from the things of this world when we know that we are accepted by God for who He is and how He's made us. Amen. And when we can begin to understand that that we are accepted by God, we are fearfully and wonderfully made by the very hands of God. You're accepted. Would you pray with me just for this moment? I, I, I believe that God is calling you. God is calling you right at this moment to change, to grow, to forgive, maybe to even mature. God is calling you to make a difference in this world. God is calling you to love your wife at a greater level, to love your husband at a greater level, to love your kids, to love your parents, to love your friends, to love both the lost and the saved. God is calling us to new levels all the time. Would you pray with me this morning and ask 
Are you running from anything that is not of God or, or, or that is of God? And are you running to stuff that are not of God? If there's something in your life, you're like, God, I need to, I need to stop pursuing this and I need to start pursuing you. Father, right now I pray over this room, every person in this house, God, that you have called them, you have designed them. God, you have a a course of action laid out for their life, God, that you want to take them through from, from glory to glory to glory, through tests and trials, through highs and lows, through everything that we experience, God, that, that through it all, our attitude should be, God, I am willing. I'm willing, God. It might not be something that you want to do. It might not be something that you want to change. It might be hard to make changes. And maybe that's a spiritual change. Maybe that's a physical change. You say, it's hard. I know, but say, God, I'm willing to do. If this means I can reach more people for Jesus, I'm willing. I want to pray for you this morning. God, I pray for every person in the sound of my voice in this room. Those who might be listening to this at a later time, God, that, Lord, that what we do will be intentional. Our, our, our days will be very intentional. Our decisions will be intentional. Our, the things we pursue will be intentional. Things for God, things that would, that would change our culture. The, ch- the church needs to get back to the church and stop just playing church. Lord, I pray over every person in this room as we go today, God, that we would go and we would ask you all week, God, what is it that you're asking me to do? What do you want me to do, God? What things in my life do I need to pursue and what things do I need to run away from? And Lord, I pray that we will have testimonies to share times this week with God, you will just open doors for us to walk through. We thank you for this day that you bless us with this word. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you received the word this morning, say amen. Amen, I pray that you did. I want to take just the last 30 seconds, if we could. Um, I want to pray for Julie Gary. She asked if we could just pray for her this morning. If you don't know Julie, she's part of our church. Uh, she goes on short-term mission trips a lot. She's in Uganda right now. She asked me last night. She said many, many people have been saved. I forget how many. It was a lot. Uh, a lot of things are happening, but there's also a lot of resistance. She's in Uganda. She's doing the Lord's work. So she's like, can you ask the church to pray for me tomorrow? I said, I will close the service with that. Let's pray for Julie, our missionary to Uganda. Father God, we thank you for, for those in our church who have a call to be missionaries, a missionary heart. Lord, Julie is one of those. Father, we thank you for the great work you're doing in Uganda through her. And Father, for opening up this door for her to be used in Uganda to to partner with these churches and these pastors. God, we celebrate. We thank you for the many, many souls that were saved this week. Reports of healings, reports of families being restored. 
but also we pray a hedge of protection around her and the whole team as Lord there's always resistance when we go into the enemy's camp there will be resistance but God you go before us and you go before her so Lord bring her home safely we pray for more souls we pray for for more territory to be taken for the kingdom of God in Jesus name we pray this amen